Welcome to the Father's Four Podcast, everyone. We're just four dads sitting around talking about how to be good dads. I'm Spencer Seal. I'm Trevor Beasley. I'm Brian Packer. And I'm Forrest Cole. Thanks for joining us on this episode. And today we are going to talk about how do we take care of ourselves in order to take care of our family. All right, gentlemen, how do you take care of yourselves if you do? If you do, that was a say. <laughs> I yeah. did. The all important caveat there. Well, let's see. Currently, hmm. well, I'm nursing an addiction to Mountain Dew. There you go. Uh, Mountain Dew, cheers. That's, yeah, right. right. An energy drink. I see plenty of these on the table. There's, there's a lot of monsters caffeine and Mountain Dew. Yeah, a lot of that caffeine. That should be the title of the episode. Well, yeah. Um, How to cope. Yeah. I think I will, I guess I'll start. I, hmm. I mean, I think there's some obvious ones, right? Uh, for me as an older dad, I am hyper concerned with my health because I, and I think any dad maybe feels this no matter the age, but I just want to be around. Yeah. I want to be around. I don't want to miss my kids. Um, I don't want to miss my kids growing up and I never cared about going to doctors. And ever since we moved back to the U S I go to a doctor religiously and I'm always telling them, you got it. If there's anything wrong with me, you better catch it as soon as possible. <laughs> right. You know, just to like <laughs> fix this. Where's dad? Oh, he's fix whatever he's it is. Passed you know? out in he's, the corner. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Why is dad's, uh, half of dad's face droopy? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, I'm a little bit overweight According to what was the name of that? Water body. We're all overweight according to all these dumb apps. But, you know, I go to the gym regularly and I do these kinds of things to help me be physically fit. But I also um, I also I I think most importantly, I want to make sure that my mental health is fit, that I'm taking care of my mental health because um, that helps me to be a better dad. You know, and and I think it helps me with all many of the things that we have talked about, right? It helps me if I'm in a good place mentally, I'm less inclined to raise my voice. Right. If I'm in a good place mentally, I'm less inclined to have a temper or be short or, you know, all of the above. Right. If Mm -hmm. I just if I feel good and, you know, how do I do that? I'm not always successful, but I have. Um, my Brooke and I do medit. I do yoga every night, and that's been awesome. We just do it. Uh, it's one of the beach body. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, I was gonna yeah. say goat yoga. That's why they got a goat, goat yoga. Yeah, <laughs> we have a pet goat, <laughs> goat now, yoga. and that's been wonderful. I really, I really enjoy the yoga, and it helps me to feel good and helps me calm myself. And I've actually, I've also started doing meditation with my boys. Hmm. Oh, so how do I, they respond to that? That. August loves it. Fisher is off the walls. You know, he's, he's, he's not well, doing much I can't meditating. Say, yeah, I can't say the meditation. He's going to be four soon, so you know. I applaud the effort. Yeah, yeah I mean, I you know, for me, it, it's it's two things, right? It's to help build practice. Not that they need to meditate for their lives, but that they can learn something to sort of calm themselves or kind of let it all go. And then it also works as a 
eh, kind of works as a bedtime routine, right? We, right. Mm-hmm. We, um, we found this cool app that has some nice guided meditations that they like, but I, I prefer to just put on some lo-fi just oh, yeah. hit chill yeah. hip hop, just yep. sit and just like sit and breathe. And, and they, you know, look, they're, they're young boys that have an abundance of energy. So their ability to just sit is not great, but it's there. Right. And I think it's helped. I think the fact too, it's that you're doing me. it with them now, it means yeah. that it's going to, it's going to become easier for them and they're going to want to do it and make it more of a habit throughout life. I yeah. would hope. Mm-hmm. So I kind of funny, you know, well, I kind of funny the the health thing, the health thing really is something that's always on my mind daily. I mean, if I, I've, I've been very healthy throughout my life. I mean, growing up, I've always probably been a little bit bigger, taller and so forth, but I was always active when I was younger. And then, then there was a period of time, you know, um, the early part of our marriage where I put a bunch of weight on and then I recognized that and what it was doing to me. And I started becoming more fit, started running all the time. And then, and then I hit the cycle of where you deal with the the mental health of it. When my dad died, where at that point when he passed away, I was a really good, good spot. I hadn't been, you know, that healthy in a long time. And it just, I watched it kind of slowly start to dwindle away as I let the mental side of things kind Mm -hmm. of get to me. And now I'm at a point where for the last six years, I've just been constantly battling that. Mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, I got to get on things and I'll drop a good amount of weight. And then before I know it, I've put it all back on because something else has come up that I've let affect me. And I, I hate that because I'm at the, you know, I, I don't like it because if you were to go back to when we got married, I mean, I was young, obviously, but 28 years ago, I weigh like a hundred pounds more now than I did then. Mm. I mean, I was pretty skinny back then, but mm-hmm. I look at it now and it's like, if I could even just drop half of that, I feel, I know I feel better cause I've been there before. And the thing I hear all the time, like, especially even right now with a, with a 22 year old and an 18 year old, they're like, Hey, you going to come play basketball with us one of these times? Oh, mm. I don't really feel good right now. You know, I don't. Cause I know what it's going to feel like yeah. going and playing right now. I want to go play, but I know I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. hate myself for it, but I've got to get, I've got to do it. I've just got to get back to it. So that's a, I think that's it. an important thing with, you know, those of you guys that have the younger kids is keep those have those healthy habits going and include them in it. When my boy, when I was running, my boys were younger and they would do a lot with, you know, we'd run five K's together as a family and, mm. And that, and, and I miss that. I enjoyed that. So, you know, I'm glad that they're, they're, they're the gym bros right now. And I love it. But <laughs> the last couple months I haven't been going with them there for mm-hmm. a couple months back in the fall. I was mm-hmm. going, we were all going together and I was doing a good job. And then January, beginning of January hit. And I was like, I'm not going to go right now because I know the gym's just going to be slammed and mm-hmm. I don't want to deal mm-hmm. with people. And I haven't gone <laughs> and I haven't gone back two months later. So it's still busy. That's what yeah, it is very frustrating. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I think um, taking care of yourself first requires that you know yourself, mm. and it is it is possible to not have a deep. good. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is possible to not have a good relationship with yourself, or to not have awareness For of sure. what you need and what mm-hmm. helps you unwind. Um, yeah, I know a guy that struggles pretty mildly with mental health issues 
and he tries to self-medicate with um, activities that he thinks he should be doing. But that, yeah, but don't he does, really yes, to yeah, no, they they're totally worthless to him. Um, they don't. There's help. my self medication. Mountain. You know, and I, mean, I don't. Who am I to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't do to treat their mental right. health issues? Right. But I'm, in my head, I'm just thinking like, bro. I mean, I don't. I'm not you, but I know you well enough to know that that is not going to work for you. And so, it first you have to identify what helps me de-stress what really brings me joy not just happiness but joy mm, and right. uh, fulfillment and um that takes a lot uh, more i mean the older i get and the more acquainted with life's problems and how overwhelming they can be um the more acquainted with that i get the more i realize i you really have to take careful stock of what actually helps you learn to know yourself and um, prioritize those small few things. I I love that because, you know, I really wish, you know, I, I mentioned when my dad passed away, being the oldest, uh, you know, of my siblings and really, you know, one of only two out of the five of us that live here locally, my mom needed that support and she needed mm-hmm. us there. And, you know, being there with her all the time, you know, during that last month when my dad was in the hospital was was took a more of a mental toll than I had ever imagined it would. And then the, those couple years after too, as well, because I'm still, you know, the, the burden of, Oh, I've lost my, one of my best friends, but mom needs my help too. And she's, Hey, I need you to come mm-hmm. over and can you help me with this? And also trying to take care of my family. And then, you know, then a couple years, so then a couple years later we get into the, into a global pandemic mm-hmm. and that started playing with me. And then I started having some challenges with my job and, and, you know, not getting the, some of that respect that you felt like you deserved and, you know, kind of feeling like you're in a toxic workplace. And I've, I've spent probably this, you know, good part of this last year, just really trying to, the kind of, <laughs> I have, I've noticed some PTSD, mm-hmm. And so it's like, how can I fix, how can I overcome that mentally so that I'm in a better place to help support my family? Mm -hmm. Because when you're down and out, we all know how ineffective we are when we're having a day, right? But I love the idea though, the mental, what can we do to be, because it's not just the physical side, right? It's the mental, it's the mental component. Well, and what you were saying made me think about something. There are always going to be these things yes. that prevent you from something. And the gym is a great example, right? I, my, my work pays, will pay for my gym membership if I go eight times a month. In January, I went 10 times. In February, I went 15 times. The first week of March, I got sick. And then... Last week, my mom was in town, and so I haven't been at all in March. And this hiccup or this could easily turn into six months of not going to the gym. That's what's killed me in the past. Right? And and how, and then you were talking about your dad, and when we moved back from Abu Dhabi, my best friend died. Like, more than a best friend, like a brother to me. And we'd known each other since we were seven years old. Like, absolutely like closer to me than most people in my life. Yeah. And I went through a year of depression, but it wasn't until about 11 months that I actually recognized 
that I was depressed. Mm. And I get it. And I failed a lot of things. I failed as a husband and I failed as a father all during that time because I was so overcome with grief that this constant in my life, you know, that might be reducing him, but this like constant person, this brother, the one who knew all my stories. Yeah. The one who every time we got together was like, it was just like reuniting with family was gone. And I, I wasn't, I couldn't recognize where I was at in the moment. And, and while that is a, maybe an extreme example, like how do you recognize that maybe you're faltering in the moment of whether it's your physical health, your mental health, or any other thing that is a part of taking care of yourself? That's a good question. How to recognize. I think there's time. The thing I've noticed a lot over the last couple of years is there's, there, uh, there's those, uh, sometimes you don't recognize it, but then there's the times it's like, you know, I totally do recognize the moment I'm in right now. And you have to make that choice. What am I going to do to just get, pick myself up and just get going again? And there's times too, where it's like, you know what? I just need to have a couple of days. I had one of those a month ago. It was like, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. I've got to just, I'm, calling in sick to work i've got to and um that you know after a couple days that's just what i needed where in the past i just would have tried to fight through it or you know continue to keep doing what i was doing and just pretend like nothing was wrong when something really you know was impacting me yeah something that i found useful that maybe others might as well is um when i notice that i'm no longer enjoying things that I used to really love, mm. um, that's an indicator to me that something is off. Mm. You know, that's um, okay, yeah. I went, I went through. So I love to read. Um, I like politics. I huh? <laughs> <laughs> take that one. Likes to read. <laughs> I, I do read. I like to read. I like politics and history, and so I read a lot of political memoirs. And, um, when I was in college, I would just eat that stuff up. I mean, I was mm. just like a paper shredder. I was just constantly in, indulging in these stuff, these things. And then after I graduated, I went through like this six month lull where I was not reading anything, um, not interested in that kind of stuff. And, um, I, I was a little depressed about it. And this might sound really stupid and this is kind of small potatoes. It's just reading. It's nothing crazy, but, um, I was able to kind of take an inventory of why I do that. What do mm. I gain from it? What is what effect does it have on my um, mental um, state of being? And to reevaluate sort of got me back into it. And mm-hmm. and now I do it routinely and get a lot of fulfillment and joy out of it. Um, and that's just one small example. But uh, I think if you're if you're finding that uh, activities that you once did with a lot of enthusiasm you've either stopped or you've, you've lost sight of why you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Maybe time to take a, take a personal inventory right? And, yeah. and evaluate things in your life that maybe are not, not right. Yeah. What well, you, the taking a personal inventory, I think that could be really valuable. And even if you set up a schedule like every Friday or, 
every last day of the month, you're like, okay, today I'm going to, how was this month? How was this week? I'm going to take this personal inventory. That, that, that could be an interesting tool. Mm-hmm. I want to try that. So, so here's a question. What, how, how do you do a personal That's inventory? That's what I was just going to ask. What yeah. is that? What would that look like to you guys? I actually don't hate the idea you just brought up of like, let me go back through my last week or my last yeah. month and see like what things did I do? Mm-hmm. What activities did I, you know, did I go to the gym? Did I go, you know, play a sport or read a book or whatever? Like what things yeah. did I do? Yeah. Were they fulfilling? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe you rate them like on a one to five scale yeah. or something. And then like, were the things that I did that I wasn't getting fulfillment? You know, I was listening to an audio book or reading a book and mm-hmm. just wasn't into it. Yeah. Is that because I'm not into that task anymore and I'm not digging that? Or is that like something up? Mm-hmm. Or was it a lame book? Or was it a lame book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it just, I just remembered this guy, one of my friends who I used to work with. This wasn't a personal inventory per se. It wasn't a looking back. It was more of a sort of checklist. And he had this sheet of paper and he kept it every week. And it was a section. It was a spiritual section a mental section and a physical section. And in those sections, he would write what he did as, you know, as the week, hmm. you know, went on, he would write in there what he did in each of those sections, like a weekly goal, like a weekly goal. And you know, whatever that is for who the, that individual, that could be an interesting way to do it. Have these categories or have a set, some set questions that you ask yourself and that obviously could be very fluid and change yeah. over time. But I like this idea of like doing a personal inventory. I know mental health is a kind of the topic of the, yeah. of the day right now. Like I, I think everyone's, really everyone's yeah. talking about it. It's a big thing, but I think stepping back and thinking about how things are going is, I, th- I think is powerful taking that time to step back too, because I think we all get so caught up in what we're doing and how busy mm-hmm. we are that we don't take the time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's and it, right? I think that's the important part. We, we, we tend to do better at taking time for our spouses and our kids and friends mm-hmm. or whatever, but what have we done for ourselves lately? And isn't evaluating that, that a song. What have we done for our, no, is that a song? <laughs> no, if it's it not. is, I don't know it. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up. But yeah, I mean, what could you do? You could do like home, work, spiritual, you know, yeah. church, mm-hmm. you know, you could yeah. split it into those yeah. categories because I think it happens at home too, right? You need to re- evaluate what's happening in home. Maybe you're doing something as a parent, as a father, that's not working or or yeah. yep. isn't working anymore and you can't just keep going at it. Kids change, kids evolve. Kids grow up and, you know, I like it. I think another um, part of this personal inventory is, you know, when you're writing a paper, you like come up with a rough draft, usually sucks. Mm -hmm. And um, it's best to leave it alone for a while and then come back like a couple of days, then come back to it with some freshness and strength. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, on the rare occasion when I have effectively done a, a personal inventory, if you, if you will, I like the term we've coined here. <laughs> um, 
they're much more meaningful to me when I can pause, look at aspects of my life and say, this is how I think it's going. And now I'm going to live for the next couple of days examining these aspects of my life through the lens of what I've just determined, how I think it's going. And with a couple of days of doing that, then I'll revisit the subject and just say, okay, well, now that I've been thinking about it, is that really true? Mm-hmm. Was I right? Mm-hmm. Is this accurate? Because a lot of times I'll think, okay, something's going okay. That's how, This is how I think it's going. And I'm going to watch it closely with this assumption in mind uh, for the next few days. And then I'll come back to it and think, okay, I was wrong. This has actually gone to crap. And I need to do something different. This yeah. was not what I thought. Um, and so uh, challenge... When, when taking care of ourselves, we need to challenge assumptions that we have of how we th- we think we're mm-hmm. doing. Because um, how many times have you heard somebody say, I'm not depressed? I'm not depressed. I'm just in a low point. Yep. Or I'm not anxious. Right. Or our relationship with my wife is fine. Or I'm not an alcoholic, you know? <laughs> um, but then you go back and look at it and you're like, oh, holy crap, I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I think back to when I was depressed, you know, that whole year my wife would, you know, I don't think she ever really, she'd be like, how are you, how are you doing? How are things going? I'd be like, Oh, I'm fine. Where I'd have, I'd have times where I'd, you know, cause I was doing door to door sales at that point where I'd drive to my neighborhood and like weep in my car. Mm-hmm. The old neighborhood, mm-hmm. like the one you grew up in or no, no, it, this was in Chico, California. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, I'm supposed to be knocking doors, but I'm so overcome oh, gotcha. with yeah. the grief and I just felt like it was grief. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it really turned into something more. And when I, I'll never forget that day when we, we were, we were talking up, I think we were talking about things. We were planning on leaving there and coming to Utah. And I said, I remember I turned to her and I go, you know, I think I'm depressed. And she goes, and she said, I think so too. And it was, it was like this, I mean, this is very cliche to say, but this weight was lifted Mm -hmm. and I was able to really reevaluate what was going on and his, the year of his, um, of his, of his death came right soon after that realization. And I was able to use that milestone as a place to turn around. And I like came out of my depression and I, and I, you know, and I know that, you know, depression is not something that's necessarily so easy to like come out yeah. of. Right. Yeah. But for me, it, I was able to move forward and things were better. Now it doesn't mean that I didn't like suffer sure. from his mm-hmm. grief and I didn't have, you know, uh, some depressive moments, but it was, it was an interesting thing. And I think recognizing evaluating recognizing is a is a very powerful tool i think that's huge i think because when you first brought up that story and you said like it was shortly after you kind of recognized like this is how i'm feeling that you started to be able to take steps to improve um says a lot i think that there's a lot of value and a lot of truth behind the concept of recognizing when you're not okay or when you're not a hundred percent, because if you don't know, or even if you're in denial, like, no, I'm, 
I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not depressed. I'm, you know, everything's normal. I'm acting the same way I've always acted. You aren't taking steps. You're not putting yourself in a position to be open to taking steps to improving whatever it might be, whether it's improving on an action that you're, you know, continuing to perform that is not helpful. You know, like you said, hey, your kids are getting older and and maybe some parenting tactic that you were doing is no longer effective. If you're just Mm -hmm. continuing to do that and you're not opening up to the idea that, hey, maybe this isn't effective anymore, it's not going to change. And same with your mental health. If you're not Mm -hmm. open to the idea of like, hey, maybe I'm not okay, you're not going to be able to take any steps to change. So I think kind of what we talked about, like taking that mental or just that inventory of like, am I okay? Are things, you know, am I 100%? And if not, that's okay. Like what what can I do to to be better? Mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of terrifying to ask yourself, am I okay? And then realize that you're not and then you have to do something about it, you know? I mean, what then? I mean, that's realizing you're not okay is useless if you're not like, yeah, if you can't, yeah, reconcile you, yourself with where that. Where do you put and, that on the priority list? You're yeah. like, well, but tomorrow I have payroll that I have to do. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna have to go down on my list. Uh, I mean, if you don't take time to um, get better, then you will certainly take time later to be sick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so easy to ignore things in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a question. How do you? Um, so we've talked a lot about like doing things for yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you? Uh, get yourself to a position where you feel like you can do something for yourself and you don't feel like that is taking time away from your family or your wife or your kids. And basically, I just not, not like feeling guilty for going to the gym or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you get yourself to that point? I think for me, I think there's a good balance in my marriage that we both do this kind of thing. Uh, you know, Brooke has created this mom group. Yep. Right. And I know that that is like, you know, it's like social nourishment for her mm-hmm. and she's able to go and, and I, I think we both have an understanding that if those are the, we need these things. And a lot of times, you know, I'll leave after the kids are asleep to go. If I like, if it's the gym, I'll wait till they're asleep. Or if it's her turn, I'll go when she's putting them down. I try not to sacrifice the time too much, but I think we have a mutual understanding that these kinds of things are necessary. It's necessary to get away sometimes, or it's necessary to take care of yourself. It's, you know, this podcast is nourishing for me and, and, and she, and you know, it required me tonight to leave before the kids were asleep because we were out at a friend's house and and that's okay. You know, I mean, I think it's they were they were a little bit sad tonight to like <laughs> that I left, but because I was gone all day. But I think ultimately I'm not gone all the time. Yeah, there's those there's plenty of time where I'm around. Mm-hmm. When they're, especially when the kids are awake or, you know, on the weekends, I don't ever really, I don't go golfing 18 holes all day long or, 
whatever and I spend that time. My, my time with my kids is more important than anything, but there has to be those moments, mm-hmm. I think. And I think it's a good balance. Yeah, I think no just offense to any golfers out there, but <laughs> no, because when I when my kids <laughs> when my kids were like you know when my kids were your kids' age and and for quite some time, I mean I loved golf, but it had to take a backseat. Mm-hmm. Now that they're older, we play a lot together. Yeah, to the point where Amber's like, "Hey, are you taking the boys golfing?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been you know it it has its, its time and season for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife is a better golfer than me, and she sucks at golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Brian and I were on a company, like we were on a golf. What would you say, golf? We were, in a, yeah, we had our, we were on our foursome, foursome that's company a tournament. Company tournament. We came in second to last. Our team oh, was, great. our team was awful, but take, it was so uh, much fun. I take responsibility for. <laughs> Just because Forrest went and bought his clubs at DI like a couple days before. That's right. That's the way to do it. But it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cost me like 15 bucks for the yeah. whole set. No, so. heck yeah. We had, we had a great time. We had a great time. He walked He walked away with like a $200 yeah. wedge that, uh, yeah, that probably it. still is wrapped in the plastic. No, no. It's, or did you pull in, it out? It's in my bag, you know. Like, mm. it, like you know, what's a... Brought up the level of my play quite a bit. <laughs> the five, yeah, the the, the five dollar clubs and then the two hundred dollar wedge. Yeah, yeah. You were gonna say something, Spencer? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I he, 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 he distracted it's himself gone, so much about the comment. His wife yeah. being the better golfer. <laughs> yeah, him. she absolutely is a better golfer. She's better than me. Love me. I think justifying, um, I don't know, I, I haven't, I married a great woman, um, and I haven't had to justify a lot, and she understands better than, than I do, and better than most, I think, that if you're keeping score, nobody wins, and we just try to support each other in what, um, what the other needs to, mm-hmm sort of unstring the bow, if you will. Mm. And um, for me, it's going to the gym. For her, it's writing in her journal. Mm. Um, And we try and allow that other person that time to do that. And um, if we were keeping score, I'm definitely... um, Winning. She's keeping score in the journal. Yeah. <laughs> if I went and read that thing, no, I'd kidding. probably be like, oh, wow. Maybe I need to take a personal inventory of that. Um, <laughs> no. Um, so, I don't know. Allowing the other freedom um, and, and don't keep score. Mm. I like that. Well, I think, too, we're, we're at a point, you know, through our marriage where we both understand what we need to do in order to fill that satisfaction, you know, physically where we're feeling like we're getting what we need. Mm-hmm. And with my wife, you know, it's, she, it's important to her to get her workouts in or, you know, she, she goes, she does, uh, she walks with a, a couple friends, you know, multiple times a week. And you know, like today she's like, will you take the dog on a walk? I've already done five miles today. It's like, <laughs> yep, definitely. But, um, but I think we both, 
we both try to help support each other in those areas too. So it's usually if it's like, Hey, can you stay home today? There's a real good reason why. Yeah. So, but I have that Liberty, you know, I have that flexibility that yeah, you guys will one day have <laughs> more. The kids will be older treasure, and yeah. you don't have to worry it's about awesome burden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can leave them at home. Yeah. Never. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it's a strange feeling to think about leaving them at home. Yeah. When they're six and four. Yes. You're yeah. like, that's just, I just don't see that as a possibility. Right. It's unmanageable. You know, it's going to happen because we've been there our, ourselves. I spent plenty of time at home when I was young. Parents probably regret some of it, but <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Why didn't we leave him home alone?" When I, uh, I was ten. They, they left me home in high school. Then they really obviously I was it. older, and I uh, threw a huge party at my house, like <laughs> massive party. I made flyers. Oh, I remember that my, the flyers had Bart Simpson on it. Bart Simpson on them. They, they probably said something ridiculous like, are you coming to the party and Bart Simpson speak? But uh, So when you say day. left you home, you mean for like multiple oh, days? Oh, yeah, they went on a trip. Okay. They went on a trip, left me home for five, six days. Just like what you see in those those 80s teen uh, movies, right. you know, uh, right? <laughs> massive party, like over 100 people in my parents' town home. You know, they uh, came home the, and a wall was missing. Out in the backyard. I'd say, was, it, was the house trashed? <laughs> no. So I took all of their valuables and put them all into their bedroom, like moved all the stuff that I was like, okay, whatever I think can get broken, I'm moving it all in there and locked the door. You were really prepared for this. Yeah, I I tip my hat to you, sir. And um, they never found out until later. Uh, So this was this was probably this was probably about 1989 when they found out or when you had the party and I had the party. And I'll never forget, you know, this is a little off topic, but it's a good story. And I remember we saw the cops coming down the street and I was like, everyone be quiet. And we turned the lights down. Everyone like was super quiet. I mean, there was like, I mean, over a hundred people, like I said, and the cops came to the door. We're knocking on the door. Nobody answered the door. They just went back into their cop car and left. And as soon as we saw them, like, turn the corner, lights went on. Wow! <laughs> like, party started. Like, no one's answering, but there's, like, 50 <laughs> cars out front. Yeah, really? <laughs> but in, in 1995, my mom and stepdad were moving from L.A. to Portland. And they were moving all of the stuff Did out they of find the house. A copy and of they the found flyer? a flyer <laughs> under something in my room. Oh, no. And I'll never forget, my mom called me, and she's like, did you throw a party at our house? And I'm like, you know, by this time I'm 22. I'm like, you bet I did. <laughs> you know what? And did your mom say something like, I respect so much that you were able to pull it off and keep it from me. Well done. She I, dare you I can't remember, but she probably laughed or, you know. He's like, still grounded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened to the house, you know, so. That's impressive, though. You know, it wasn't nothing like, happened. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. The house didn't get destroyed, but. Um, you were like the coolest kid at school for the next <laughs> what months? I don't know. I don't know. I was prom king. Hey, wow. wow. Yeah. 
I had no idea. Yeah. You should be on the Dos Equis commercials as the most interesting <laughs> man. Yeah. I, I know, right? Yeah. I don't know who that guy is, but screw that guy. He's <laughs> yeah. 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 got better break. stories than It was a, sort of a coup. I was, you know, <laughs> I was a kind of a little punk rock skinhead. Not, not a racist, I always have to say. You know, like a non-racist uh, had skinhead. tattoos and at that time and just it was crazy. I was like, you know, went there and they were like, prom king, Forrest Cole. And I was like, what is happening? Is there another but, Forrest Cole in here? <laughs> nope. <laughs> South, South Bay right there. Huh? So yeah. for all you dads listening to this and you're wondering, what can I do for myself? You need to throw a party. Throw a party. <laughs> with 100 plus people and um, find a way to make it so that your wife does not find out. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Make sure our wives don't listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer, you talked about like finding things that you enjoy. So I feel like when I was younger, I had a really good sense of like the things that I enjoyed. Mm. And now I feel like I have ADD with all of my hobbies and I enjoy them for about three months. Mm. And then I'm like ready for a new hobby. I thought you were going down the road of, I just don't enjoy anything anymore. I <laughs> that got heavy. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I feel like mm. I'm a hobby jumper. Why why do you think that's happened now? I I don't know. Mm. I think that when I was young, it was like I love football. I am like passionate about football. I'm going to the NFL. And then I sucked at football. Mm. So there was no way I was going to the NFL. And uh then as I got a little older, it was like, okay, well, football's out. Like I love watching football, but that only happens a couple months of the year. And I'm definitely not tall enough to play basketball, mm-hmm. but I like longboarding. So then I got into longboarding and like got semi okay at longboarding and sliding and all that. And then it was like, okay, like this is fun, but I'm ready for something new. And then it was like, oh, cycling and RC trucks. And it's like every couple months mm-hmm. it's something new. So it's like, I feel like I'm just always chasing something and I haven't, I haven't found it. I don't know what it is. It's I, something I, that where I like find something uh-huh. that's like giving me joy and fulfillment for a short period of time. And then I'm like, okay, this isn't doing it for me anymore. I need something different. I mean, I, I'm very similar. Uh, I don't always jump into the hobbies, but I get an interest in something. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times it's money that stands in the way yeah i'm like oh i don't really want to spend that's usually money. me like there's a lot of things i want to do yeah i'm so interested oh i would love to do that oh that's too that's expensive yeah yeah so i i miss making things with my hands now that i w- do an office job and so my latest obsession i call them obsessions is i want to make leather goods that's been one that right? i've had too it's like yeah. I would love so to i do like that. watch all these leather good videos I make on wallets for everybody YouTube <laughs> and i look you know i try to find leather tools i have a i have a list on amazon of leather tools and i <laughs> and i and you know it comes and goes yeah. you know i'll be i'll forget about it and then i'll be like oh that that would be so cool like i could just kind of do it while i watch a show mm-hmm. or you know um, but I, I'm, I'm similar, you know, I, I think I f- come across these things and I'm like, Oh, that would be really cool to do. Yeah. And then they sometimes, a lot of times they just fall by the wayside. 
And I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. I think, you know, I think it's kind of cool to jump from different, I mean, different hobbies and ideas and interests. I mean, it's okay to get bored with something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And, um, I mean, holy crap, we get bored with our jobs, right? (laughs) And and that still works out. And our hobbies are the things that we have the freedom and the liberty to get bored with and drop. Yeah. So I, I think it's, you know, I like change. I'm, I joke with my wife all the time that one of my least favorite things about me is that I'm addicted to change. Um, <laughs> she's trying to convince me to like come up with other terms for that, but um, <laughs> I love change. I love moving. I love changing jobs. I'm not going to let my boss listen to this. Um, I mean, I'll start a new job and after like a year, I'm like, well, okay. What's been, next? Been there, done this. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Been here for a good time, not a long time. Um, and so I, I don't know, I, I, I think it's kind of cool to like get into something, do it, learn how to do it. And then like, I don't know, move on. I think it's kind of, kind of neat. I agree. I mean, I, I change a lot. I move a lot. And like, you know, my, my wife laughs at me cause I'm always like, Ooh, you know, maybe we should do this. I, I think this is interesting. So I, during the pandemic, I went down this, uh, everyday carry edc rabbit hole oh yeah Yeah. and i was like oh you know like there's these challenge coins i'm like let's make a challenge coin oh let's you know let's do this let's do that and 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 i and i maybe this is part of taking care of yourself like pushing those creative parts of your brain or Mm -hmm. those parts of you that are interested in things and and yeah maybe some things work out like I five years ago I was living in Abu Dhabi and I was like I want to make a podcast so I bought all the equipment had it shipped to Abu Dhabi and started recording things and they were terrible they were terrible (laughs) you know and very well nothing could have come of it but you know the some of the equipment sat in the closet for a while and then when we moved to Abu Dhabi I discovered some topics I was interested in and all of a sudden it turned into something. So, you know, maybe you never know like yeah. where that's mm-hmm. going to come mm-hmm. well, you don't, like, it, where it's going to, where, when it's going to come back into your life as well. One thing I thought of too, that's allowed me to, you know, cause some of these hobbies do cost money. I'm sure when you got into cycling, that's yeah. not a cheap thing. No. One thing that I had always, and I think probably some of it goes back to just what I do for work, but I've always been, I've always enjoyed like video production Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not good at it. I'm not great at it, but it was, that was one of the things I was proud about it. You know, my last job with working, you know, when Forrest joined us and that too. But prior to that, I was able to start a video team. I was able to get something up and going there that I, that they had never had before and, and end up hiring two video coordinators. And I got to go out and shoot video and enjoy it and have fun with it. And that's like, wow, I'm getting to use this cool equipment that I didn't have to buy. Yeah. But, but was able to really, that was, you know, so I kind of like, there's a hot, there's a hobby and something I'm enjoying and I'm getting paid for it Ooh, as mm-hmm. well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's times where that happens too. Yeah. I just feel like that's like the biggest balance for me when it comes to like treating myself is like, how do I find something that I enjoy that I'm not going to break the bank and put my family like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't go golfing every weekend. I would love to own like a $1,500 set of clubs and go, you know, hit some nice courses. 
but that's not happening. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, like, how do I, how do I find those things that are enjoyable for me that bring me that joy and fulfillment, but that I'm not like dumping all my money into. Yeah. That's not taking me away from my family for so long that, you know, my wife wants to strangle me when I get back, (laughs) but that is still making it where I don't want to strangle me because I'm so burnt out. Mm -hmm. Right. It's filling my cup. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, a tough balance for me. Yeah. Cause I don't love the gym. I go to the gym because I'm getting fat and I need to go to the gym. Yeah. But, but I don't, I yeah. don't love the gym. Yeah, I don't love I'm the, the gym same either. Way. I've actually gotten stronger in, in my life. I've actually gotten stronger when a job has required me to lift heavy things. Sure. So before I started working at Layton, I was uh, working for my uncle's hardwood flooring company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the delivery guy and I was delivering like 50, 80 boxes of 50 pound to 80 pound boxes of hardwood and slinging those things up on my shoulder. Sometimes walking up two flights of stairs and, and over the course of the year that I was working there, I didn't really notice, but Brooke did. And she was like, you're ripped. And I was like, really? Oh, nice. (laughs) And I started working at Layton and I lost it all. But, and the same thing happened when I had my restaurant, I would, I was, you know, it was like mobile. And so I was carrying these massive yeah. coolers everywhere and I got really strong there. And I, I don't necessarily get that strong at the gym. You know, I'd rather be, I don't know. I'd rather be doing physical stuff. That's almost not necessarily hard labor, but, yeah. but know, functional, but functional in some yeah, ways, sure. you know, like chopping wood or, well, that's where I love spending. Like, you know, once that, starts getting warmer i love spending that time out out working on projects around the house yeah, it's yeah it's keeping me active and moving those muscles as an almost you know mm-hmm. you and i is you a 50 year old and me an almost 50 year old we've <laughs> got to keep those those uh muscles moving or else we're gonna hate the next 25 years <laughs> yeah so on the topic of age how have you guys seen i guess this is this is for, for you too how have you guys seen methods of or, or the ways that you like take care of yourself, treat yourself? How's that changed from when you were young and single or young and as a young dad to now? I definitely think like gyms are much more popular and bigger now. I mean, gyms have always gone through those cycles, uh-huh. but I don't feel like like when I was in high school or maybe in college, it, you didn't have a you know, a Vasa everywhere, you know, the yeah. planet fitness or whatever the gyms everywhere. It was more of like in high school, it was, if I was going to go lift weights, I was going to go lift weights in the weight room at the school. At the school. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I hated doing that. Cause there was always the tough rest, tough guy wrestlers or uh-huh. football players. And yeah. they're acting like they were, you know, all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I just think the access to a lot of that is so different now than it was 25 to 35 years ago. I think we, we definitely, I think our culture's gotten to a, better place with exercising and there's just a lot more available now for sure i feel like what you guys talked about earlier of being like uh concerned or at least just conscious of like needing to be healthier i feel like i'm in the denial stage where yeah (laughs) i've seen both of my parents have heart attacks and i know that i'm like that's Probably going to happen to me. A ticking time bomb. Yep. And I'm next. Well, my, so my mom is a little bit overweight. And so, 
and most of her like siblings are more overweight. So it wasn't a complete shock when she had a heart attack. It was like, okay, like that kind of makes a little bit more sense. It probably runs in her family. Um, wasn't like shocking. My dad was super active, very skinny. So I was very surprised. And like when I, in high school, I was on the golf team for my uh, senior year. And I remember we, uh, since I was really bad at golf as well, apparently I'm just not good at many sports. <laughs> since I was really bad at golf, they would do shotgun starts. So the good guys would start on the first hole and end on the 18th. So they'd get to yeah. finish at the clubhouse. Uh, us sucky guys would start on like hole, I don't know, seven or something. And so we'd end complete opposite side of the, and had to the walk clubhouse. All the way back. We got a ride on the golf carts. Ooh. But my dad didn't so he would have walked with us and then he would jog back following yeah. the carts and would keep up with us the whole time mm. and he's like at that time probably let's see he probably would have been in his like mid to late 40s maybe early 50s and i remember people just looking at him like dude this older dude is like keeping up with these carts like he's fit <laughs> and then it, uh, it was like i don't remember how long ago now maybe like six five, six years ago or so that he had a heart attack and it was just like shocking. Like how this fit guy, how he goes and plays pickleball three times a week. He rides like 14 miles a week on his bike. Like (laughs) this guy is not supposed to be having a heart attack. And so one would think that I would be like, Whoa, I need to kick it into gear. But Mm. on the contrary, I have been like, Nope. Yeah, like cover if my I eyes. Ignore it. That, that has not happened to me. Yeah, so I'm like, give me the chocolates, give me the energy drinks. So I think, for me, I think I hope that that will be the shift that happens for me sooner than later. Is that I'll be like, I probably need to pay attention to my health more. Well, and yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I go back. My what my dad died from was cancer, mm-hmm. and you know, so I look at it and I, I kind of jokingly say to my boys, you know, well. Okay, well, grandpa got, grandpa was diagnosed when he was 57. So yeah, here in the next, you know, five to 10 years, you know, I should be getting diagnosed too. Yeah. And they're like, dad, stop, stop it. No, you can't think like that. And I'm like, I know, I'm just joking. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, it really? probably could happen. Yeah, it probably mm-hmm. could happen. And I'm not taking care of myself like I should be to try to help prevent some of those things. Some of those things are just going to happen. Sure. You can't stop all of that, but there are probably things I can do to maybe prolong it. And I'm not doing a good job of it right now. So I look at that and go, I'm not being a real good example to my sons. Luckily right now they're at a stage, like I said, you know, they're the gym bros. And so they're, they're, <laughs> they're good gym bros though. They got but, that part figured out. But yeah, they've got that part figured out right now. And they're not looking at me going, eh, I'm going to sit around because dad is. And I, you know, I've been to the gym. I go, you know, the Vasa here. And I've been a couple times on Saturday night. Like after the kids are asleep, I'll go at like 830 at night. And that's like the best time. But I am surprised and a little bit in awe of how many high school kids yeah. are at the gym late at night. Seem This is, you know, and there's some of they're socializing, but they're also working out. I'm like, in high school, I was not... I was out drinking with my buddies and it's, it's kind of cool to see some of the younger generation that mm-hmm. concerned. When they, they stay like my boys, they don't go and just get their 
my young, my oldest likes to go and he's like me, he likes to go and just get the workout in and let's go. Okay. My younger is like, takes his time. You know, he's there forever. They left here at nine 30 last night and left our house at nine 30 last night and didn't roll in till midnight. And that's when the gym closed, you yeah. know, I was like, yeah, they left. So they got kicked out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys were there for two and a half hours doing your, you know, what was a leg day or yeah, it was legs and this or whatever. I don't know what they <laughs> yeah. did, but we yeah, so many pictures and me, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. So we took videos, but, and I'm like, I know I'm the type where I want to get in there get my workout done and get out. And so that's why it annoys me when it's so busy. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah. I need that equipment or I need that dumbbell you've got you know yeah, and i have to yeah, sit no, and wait for you yeah. to take five minutes between sets mm-hmm. for, for me back to spencer's question i was thinking about it you know having bit got having married so late i had a long time to just take care of myself and i didn't always but you know being young and single i could could go surfing i could go skating i could ride my bike i've got a nice like triathlon speed time trial bike and i'd go and ride for 20 30 miles and and you just you had the time i think to do that kind of stuff and whatever it was you know skateboarding even you know didn't matter running trail running whatever it took you know, or whatever just kind of happened in the moment, right? I never just kind of did whatever I could. And I haven't always been in the best shape, but I think having kids, time is what I don't have. And I I could probably go Saturday morning and ride 20, 30 miles, but then I'll miss breakfast with my kids. And I don't want to miss that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what trying to figure out ways to adapt you know i want to like for example i want to get one of those little indoor trainers i could throw my bike on and i can ride you know while the kids are watching a movie or at night or something and um when we lived in abu dhabi we had a gym in our apartment complex which was so great right because i could just like hop over there it's probably a nice one too it was real nice two stories you know all the machine you could want all the machines you could want Two squash courts, sauna, oh, steam man. room. Yeah, the uh, in beautiful. the in complex gyms in America are a joke. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> um, and that was really nice, like having something so close to home. Where when I finished, I was you know not that the gym here is that far away, but it's still an extra ten minutes mm-hmm. or twenty yeah. minutes round trip that I am away from family. I just think you know, obviously the message here is we have to take care of ourselves. And when you're a family man, it's harder to find that time. Mm -hmm. You know, so how, how do you find the time? You know, is it going late at night? You know, when the kids are asleep, but then you sacrifice time, time with your wife. That's, that's kind of what you've got to do. I mean, when I was younger and would do a lot of running, um, the way I looked at it is I would do it early in the morning. And so when I was out running, you know, when the weather's good, I obviously was always outside in that. And if it wasn't good, I was at the gym real early, but the rest of my family was still, you know, they weren't up yet. They weren't getting up for a little bit. And so I, that was part of my justification of, I can be out doing it because it's not, Mm -hmm. yeah, because I would just be home in bed as well, which you know, that would be a good thing too, (laughs) but that's, that was the time I got it done. Cause I found it hard to do it, you know, when they were younger later in the day, 
Yeah. And I hated to go late at night. Yeah. I'd like to, I mean, I th- I'm sure I have said this multiple times, but I would love to get up early, but oh, it's hard, man. It is. I can't be the people who can do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, this whole like 5 a.m. club is like all the, has been the rage yeah. since that book came out. And I always see, you know, people posting their morning routines and getting up at five and They're all, all the stuff like, they all accomplished fake. before like 9 a.m. <laughs> and I'm all like, fake. None of that sounds real. awesome, but. That also sounds tiring too, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But then you you get I mean you let it was easier for me when I was you younger. You get up early. Do you end up sacrificing time with your wife at night because you're so tired that you fall asleep early? That was a lot of the problem. A lot of times was I'd be so tired I'd be wouldn't be as productive. Yeah. In the evening and so yeah and then I but or I still would not get the sleep that I needed mm-hmm. because I would stay up later than I needed to, or it just, I was, it was screwed up. I was doing good things for my health and I wasn't doing good things for my health. So I go to the gym on my lunch break at work and that's been, it's, it's limiting obviously, Mm -hmm. right? You can't just, you can't have longer workouts. You can't linger. I like time in the sauna. So it's like, I got to go like do a quick 30 minute workout, 15 minutes in the sauna and then head back. But it's been it's been a good solution for me. It's I'm taking care of myself. I'm feel I feel great. I have good energy levels. But then his skin I'm not, looks his skin looks really the, fresh. I'm, 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 I'm radiating. Yeah. <laughs> looks smooth. But and I'm not sacrificing that time with my family, which has been a nice compromise for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the key is whatever time arrangement you have. Um, none of it means anything if your time with your kids is not quality. Right. Right. You know? Um, and so I really like, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, with, with the discussion about, you know, going to your lunch break early morning, I'm like in my head, I'm adding up time. Like, okay, well I go to work at this time, I got to commute both ways and I spend X amount of time at the gym. I don't really know how much time I'm not there but I I do know I spend a lot of time with my kids and the time is quality and so I haven't noticed that there's a deficiency or at least I haven't felt that way yeah my wife might be like actually <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh oh, I think um if you're you, you we should we must um take time for ourselves and take care of ourselves and um that time is more justified if we're present with our kids yeah and making sure that whatever we're doing with them we're actually doing it with them and uh you know like scrolling on your phone while they're doing xyz if you're in the same room doesn't really count but um (laughs) (laughs) um you know it's just uh be be there when you're there and and Mm -hmm. that that makes any self-care uh justifiable i think i like that i think a big takeaway from what i've heard from everybody and something that I think I need to work on is communicating back to my spouse, back to my wife, what things I need so that she knows like, okay, like these are the things that he needs to be able to do to fill his cup. And then that way, like when I'm doing those things, she's not feeling like I'm taking time away from her, from the kids, and I'm yeah. not feeling guilty because we're back to that. You know, we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's something that's been done mm-hmm. amongst most of the rest of you, and probably something that I can work on. Yeah, 
That's awesome. And probably others can work on too. That's awesome. I think that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us on the Fathers Four podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for the next one. Take care. Bye. Catch you next time.